This podcast is brought to you by Scribe, a financial content agency. Just because your financial company and what you do is complex doesn't mean your content marketing has to be. Scribe produces blogs, articles, website and product copy, ebooks, pitch decks, and white papers for everyone from late stage fintech startups to the world's biggest banks and financial brands. Visit us at the Scribe Online. That's www.thescri.be. This is Stream It or Leave It. I like it a lot. Looking for something to watch? You have my undivided attention. We break down the best of streaming TV. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So you can stop scrolling and press play. We talk, we hook up, I smoke them up, we watch TV. It's great. Uh, Tune in each week for our take. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now, action. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. And don't call me Shirley. Awesome. Hi, guys. How is everybody? Hi. Hiya. Hello. Welcome to Stream It or Leave It with Matt, Jeff, and me, your host, Shindy. We are film and TV buffs, writers, journalists, and critics who spend every minute of our waking time on all the streaming platforms, and we watch each other's film and TV picks, whether we like them or not. And cut through the hype and tell you whether that week's selection is worth those valuable minutes of your life. But we also talk about our favorite parts and our hangups and what else we are watching. And so the show's in two parts. Part one is a no-spoiler zone. And then we'll give you a spoiler alert warning before we head into part two, which is our deep dive. And best of all, we tell you whether to stream it or leave it. And this week, we are talking about Sexy Beasts, a very controversial choice, at least among my co-host part, (laughs) met with a lot of resistance (laughs) and reluctance, but obviously it was my pick. According to IMDb, Sexy Beasts is hoping to say goodbye to superficial dating, real-life singles, sport elaborate makeup and prosthetics to put true blind date chemistry to the test. For me, it was like, People getting in touch with their animalistic sides like never before. So, <laughs> first impressions, Matt, what did you think? <laughs> Kick things off. <laughs> well, I'm pretty proud of myself for uh, accepting to watch this. This is uh, this me too. It's a big step, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. I aim to grow. Uh, and I think this really, I'm not sure how much I grew with this. Now I'm pretty I'm pretty allergic to this kind of uh, disposable content in general and dating shows specifically, but you know at least I kept it to 20 minutes, <laughs> so they know they know what's going on. So I did my best to go in with an open mind and with a sense of fun, which I do have somewhere, and, and I was <laughs> I was surprised it was pretty entertaining at times actually, but others it was actually even more painful than I feared. Um, <laughs> a lot of fast forwarding. And the concept is obviously completely contradictory. Yeah, that's my, I'll save the rest for later, but that's that's the intro for me. Awesome. <laughs> Jeff, first impressions? So this is my show pitch that I came up with. It's like the dating game meets the mass Singer or The Purge uh, and Wipeout. <laughs> I can purge. see all of those elements, yes. actually. That totally makes sense. <laughs> and it's like the best of those shows, that's right. right? It's like... <laughs> The pick of each litter. <laughs> or the purge of the, the movie. the pick of the litter. Yeah, the pick of each litter. 
You know, what's funny is that we were talking recently, a bunch of friends and I were talking about like an algorithm that basically scans through the best pop songs and then picks out like the best. And that's what determines (laughs) K-pop because we were listening to this BTS song and like all of us were listening to it. And then within two hours, predictably, we we all have the song in our head. So I wonder if they have a similar thing for movies and TV, but you know, you're right. They kind of put some elements in here that have worked and put it in a blender and came out with this show. So yes, I mean, I know that Matt, you had some, well, look at that. You're, you're dressed up in the spirit of the show, but I know that you had some like ideas about whether, you know, quality wise, this Netflix has put out some really good stuff, but then what did you think about this in terms of, you know, their whole strategy as far as content is concerned? No, I mean, I was just going to follow on, a, on what you're saying about, you know, algorithm. This is programming by algorithm, which is we all know is what Netflix does, and they're very good at it to a degree because part of the algorithm also says after three seasons, even if it's popular, sometimes they'll cut shows just because they become too expensive. But yeah, I, I just think it's, Netflix are going down my personal estimation with these kinds of shows, but I think it's going full circle from when they started off as a prestige place with House of Cards and things like Mindhunter and big investment in getting some, you know, some good talent to put together some interesting concepts. And now they're just going full circle to basically doing network television and trying to go for that audience, which might be the future and it might be the beginning of the end of television, network television, you know. But they know what they're oh, doing. True. They make a lot of money. So they definitely have, I'm sure they have the algorithms and the calculations to prove that it's a good move. But I think this is where it's going. And it might be the future. It's interesting that you say that. Basically, the only thing that's missing at this point from Netflix is almost like a weekly current events digest show, which I've, you know, might have heard. or They tried. No, they tried. They tried to do like an, a late night show and that didn't work. So not everything from TV is going to work on streaming. Maybe it will one day. Mm-hmm. But are people looking for those things anymore? Or maybe this is just a stupid, silly show and we shouldn't read any more into it. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, I remember actually now that you bring that up, there was that guy. And because I didn't think that we would talk about this, the Hassan. Minaj. Uh, I have to. Yeah, Minaj. Hassan Minaj, that weekly, yeah. something like that. We'll have the, the mm. show in the show mm-hmm. notes. But. Yeah, so my other impression, because Jeff mentioned the elements that um, influence this show, Matt, I don't know if you ever in the UK or if you're familiar with British shows, but, you know, this had a very kind of like come dine with me feel like, you know, on Channel 4, you know, that show where the five strangers cook for each other and Mm. then they go to each other's houses and then at the end. They pick one, it's got that reality show-esque feel, but then also it's the narration because it's got that great British bake-off kind of come dine with me narration where it's funny and cheeky and the narrator's making fun of each contestant in that same style, almost like the same humor. So anyway, and then any pre-spoiler comments on costumes or like the makeup and the prosthetics? Uh, I mean, Jeff? Well, the, I mean, the makeup Jeff. was, I don't know, the makeup was great. It was very professional and like, you know, really well done. And it seemed to m- sort of accomplish the premise of the show, which is to sort of hide people's facial features. It didn't do anything, which has been commented on by a lot of reviewers, that it didn't do anything to hide people's bodies or 
or form or, you know, so other people who, who were sort of looking for a body type were able to scope it out, right? <laughs> yeah. It's true. I thought the makeup was was incredible. The guy apparently did work on Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars, Harry Potter. I'd love to see a little... I'm surprised there wasn't like an extra behind the scenes of how they put a makeup together. That seems to be a missed opportunity. It wouldn't have been very hard to produce. Mm. And I'm also wondering if it all happened... You know, going off slightly off topic, I'm wondering if this all just happened in a day or two or in one day... So they just had to do the makeup once because it did seem super rushed. But I think Jeff makes a good point that, yeah, you don't hide the bodies. And I think <laughs> I think everybody involved realizes that everybody's young and fairly attractive and the stakes are pretty minimal. <laughs> but that's, oh, that might be some kind of spoiler. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, we might as well just put out the spoiler alert. So now's a good time where if you haven't seen Sexy Beast, then... You should go away and watch it and then come back and come laugh with us for this deep dive. So now that we've put the spoiler alert out there, as Matt mentioned, after the unveiling, everyone's hot. (laughs) So does this annoy you? I mean, does it defeat the purpose of this exercise? I've also seen some reviews where people were really dismayed by the fact that after, you know, even if they weren't selected, obviously everybody goes unmasked. And, you know, to a certain degree, everybody's fairly good looking. There's no ogres on this show. So it reminds me, even in the impressions, like it challenges the whole, can you have a connection with somebody based on personality alone, sight unseen? I guess I would love to get your opinion on this. Matt, what did you think in terms of the contestants after you saw everybody revealed did you find that it contradicted the show's premise or no, what were your opinions no it's the, the whole thing is is bs <laughs> the, the, <laughs> from beginning to end i mean just from the reason for these people give for being there oh, we can't get a date worried about finding a connection nobody there's worried about connection nobody there <laughs> can struggle to get a date and it's the world of <laughs> tinder anyway don't tell me you haven't been on a date for two years because that's I'm not believing any of those people. But yeah, the contradiction is right there. It's not about looks, right? But all of us and all of them, the whole time are thinking, is this person good looking or not? Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, to interject, to be fair, they did say, I'm tired of people judging me for my looks, which is why they went undercover. So I think that's why a lot of the people who signed up did sign up because... Don't buy it for a second. (laughs) We have models in here. We have actors, actresses, whatever. And I guess people were tired of being pigeonholed. For example, the first girl, you know, she's a she's a model. And maybe that's attracted a certain kind of guy in the past. So this time it must have been fun for her to have to try to get ahead based on just her personality or connection or chemistry with somebody. So that's kind of interesting. Jeff, what did you think? Yeah, it didn't bother me, but I mean, you know, it, it definitely reduced the authenticity of the show to me. And, and but it makes sense. Like, you know, w- nobody's over the age of 25, I think, probably was the oldest person there. Mm-hmm. And Matt's sort of got a point. This is the this in the age of Tinder and swiping, you know, to I don't know. I, I've never done it. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, me neither. I haven't been really out there. Every partner I've ever had, I met 
sort of organically. So yeah, it's interesting. Well, the the, the one exception that I mean, you mentioned the model at the beginning, and as, yeah, she's but she's twenty one. I don't think she's tired of anything at that point, you know. But right. I'm sure she said, "Oh, I'm a model." I'm sure uh, at somewhere along the date, I think she did say, you know, she she models. So how much are you really trying to hide who you are? The body is obvious. But the reveal was pretty surprising. I didn't expect it to look like that, to be fair. And I guess there's a chance these people were not told these are all young and attractive people. But at the same time, I've seen, I've sadly, I've watched dating shows in the past. Uh, when I lived in England, there was a pretty awful one then. There was nothing else to watch. And when the reveal was disappointing, that was pretty heartbreaking as an audience member to see because nobody wants to see someone get that look back from someone where I was expecting something else. So at least it saves us from that kind of cringeness of watching someone blatantly be disappointed about the physical appearance of someone. That's never nice. So that is a plus, a minor plus point of this, uh, this little trick that they pulled. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Yeah. Nobody was disappointed. And I, and I felt that everybody was generally very polite with each other. You know, when they were unmasked there, they were nice with the exception of the one guy, the mouse who didn't get picked. He kind of had a little nasty attitude, but <laughs> everybody else was so supportive. When I think it was, it was because of the nature of the show, they went on quick dates. Then it was pretty much like, do you want to go on a second date with me or not? And so nobody was really bought in. Nobody was falling in love, but there wasn't much investment. Correct. Like if, you know, among two girls, if, if one girl was selected, then there was definitely support from the other girl, like congratulations. And I, I loved seeing that. That was so, and even among the men, the competition I thought was super friendly and they didn't take it too seriously. Right. Like that, and that might be being lent, lent from the British side of true. this show, you know, this sort of like that. everybody's polite British bake-off. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> yeah, nice. That's true. The great pottery throwdown. The mouse was British. He wasn't polite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so uh, with the personal experience, I mean, for me, this was really funny because when I was a journalist in college, somebody had emailed me and we had actually, e and I don't know if this has happened to you guys before, but you meet somebody over text or email or, you know, you, you start communicating. I even think in the work world, this is actually happening more because a lot of times you meet each other via Slack or some other kind of collaborative tool. And then later you meet them in person and they're nothing that you expected. And that happened to me because I had, you know, started flirting with somebody in college and then we met face to face and I was completely turned off. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> never didn't work out at all. And then on the other hand, I met my ex-husband for the first time over the phone. I met him sight unseen and then later, you know, I saw him face to face. But so I think that the, I get the premise and I and I liked the the attempt. Obviously, the, the masks were an, a lovely added touch. But I mean, I don't I don't know what you guys personal opinion is or whether you've had any personal experience with this, Jeff. Like blind dating or meeting somebody, yeah, chemistry, sight and scene. Yeah, no, now that you said that, it reminded me that my very first kind of real girlfriend I met over the telephone because somebody we knew was his cousin. And she and I talked on the phone, and we're actually still friends, but she and I talked, and we, and we have great chemistry still. And so, yeah, it does, hey, it, hey, it can hey. work. Yeah, it can definitely work. Yeah. Too bad she was the, what, cousin of the girlfriend? 
No, she was my she was a a friend of ours who went to our school. It was his cousin, and so she. Oh, I see. He was like, Wait, "Hey, cousin, my what? my cousin wants to talk to you," and I'm like, "Okay." And so we just started talking, and like oh. we talked for three or four hours. It was strange. It was really oh, with that voice, uh, who wouldn't be seduced? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we met face to face. You know, I don't know, <gasps> a couple of weeks later. So yeah, and actually, sort of. And how and how was it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, so we met face to face, and we got together, and we were together for I don't know six months or so till we See? both got arrested behind the tasty freeze at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We weren't doing anything but talking. We were still talking. <laughs> still, so that's a story for another day. But yeah, yeah, as Matt said, who wouldn't fall in love with the legendary voiceover artist of Cool Borders on Sony <laughs> Playstations? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's a celebrity. We have our very own celebrity here. <laughs> Matt, I, I mean, what did you think? Personal experiences? Would love to know. Hmm. I think the only time I can think of that is is back right at the beginning of the internet. And I think, I, you know, when you're getting these little chat rooms, I think it's called ICQ or something. There was a system of chatting. And I was only, I think I was 14. And, you know, the concept of catfishing or even reality wasn't in my head. So I'd be talking, getting to these chat rooms and talk to someone and within five minutes be like, oh my God, this person's amazing. And but obviously no idea who they were. But I never got around to meeting them. So I don't I had never had a second part of it. So it's definitely possible to be attracted to someone without knowing what they look like. What I do have experience with is speed dating, which is obviously a kind of a, an element of the show. I did do a story about that. So I did do a speed dating event and it's yeah, that can be it was actually kind of fun, but most people are so nervous that it was just awful for most people. Yeah. But, uh, when you have no skin in the game, it's pretty easy. And I guess that's part of the thing here. When you're dressed up, like when you know you're good looking, when I don't believe you for a second that you can't get dates, and when you're dressed up like a crazy animal, so is the other person. How hard is it to have a fun date? I mean, you could just have two hours just laughing at each other and it'd be a great time, you know? That's true. Uh, well, no, I will interject, though, that it is possible to have a bad date with a really, really attractive person. Because I think one, oh, of, one of the... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Several people have had bad dates with me, so I know it's possible. <laughs> no, I mean, one of... I think one of the contestants did say that. It's like, it feels like, you, you know, you're talking to a freaking rock, like, with no conversational skills. It's just very... It's awful. I mean, I've def- I think we've all had that experience. It's like, ugh. Well, this proves to me one of my theories, this show, that great-looking people have terrible game because they're never forced to develop it. That's why the small talk was so terrible, and I'm glad they kept it brief, but good-looking people don't know how to tell stories and don't know how to make good small talk because they never... People always paying attention no matter what kind of crap they say. I'm an example that that is an utter lie because I am a great looking person and I know how to tell great stories. So All right, you're a journalist, so there's a, there are exceptions. But if you but if you've never if you've never been forced to command the attention of a room, you never learn how to tell stories, how to be interesting. If people pay attention to you no matter how boring your story is, you're ter- you end up being a terrible storyteller. Anyway, that's just my theory and I think it was proven. Cuz the small talk was terrible in this thing. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. Especially in the first one when he's like, ooh. When, I, when you said that, it was like, ooh. <laughs> I I, however, anyway. the line of, when I travel, the guy who came tried to come across, oh, oh, interesting. When I travel, I don't go to the touristy spots. Like, I'm not going to go to Italy and eat a burger. I'm going to get some pasta. 
that was just one of the most yeah. jaw-dropping exchanges of somebody thinking they're interesting that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we're, we're not going to go into their IQ. However, I'm just so curious. Did you guys find yourselves attempting to guess what they look like? And when I say guess, I mean like even go as far as to try to identify like their race or like their, whether they were big or small or like facial features or, I mean, it was really hard. And I think I tried that and I was totally wrong on a couple of occasions. So I'm wondering if you guys, if you experienced that or tried to do that, Matt? Uh, I, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it, I was always way, way off, which was uh, one of the fun mm -hmm. things about it. It was like, okay, I, I did find myself Annoyingly interested in knowing not knowing what the reveal would be, just out of just out of curiosity, because like I could not. And every time I was completely wrong-footed. So that that was mm -hmm. kind of fun. Even the Jersey Panda girl, who was awesome, even her knowing that she was probably an Italian blonde, I still like the makeup job was really great. So good. And actually, that I think she was the one who threw me the most off. I really had no idea. I thought. I don't know. I think in terms of personality, she annoyed me the most. But then when she unmasked herself, I was like, I could see how somebody would put up with her just based on her looks. You know what I mean? It's like, so I don't know, Jeff, did you have that experience? Did you, what, were you way off in your guesses on what people looked like under the mask? Yeah, I, I wasn't actively trying to sort of guess what they look like but i i definitely was surprised at almost all of the reveals you know you i thought the makeup did a great job of hiding at pretty much every feature and even where you think uh, uh maybe like when you could see somebody's mouth through the thing or their mouth was sort of covered up with prosthetic and even altered you know the shape of their mouth or something like that like yeah you sort of got this little surprise you know uh, easter egg or whatever i guess <laughs> yeah that was interesting that you mentioned that because the level of coverage also differed yeah. from contestant to contestant and i feel it wasn't universal for example some they had their whole hair covered yep and some especially the women in some of the characters didn't have their hair covered and others did and then some of the men you're right some had their hands covered as well like painted and others you could you could see a little bit so i thought what was more fun for me was the people who had every detail of their face covered you know it was completely concealed you couldn't guess anything really about them the dolphin yeah the dolphin um who else i thought the zombie was cool the the bull was one of my favorites the stupid but sweet looking bull with like this the sleepy eyes so i don't know <laughs> So another thing I wanted to ask was whether you felt the attraction pre or post unmasking. How genuine did you feel that it was, you know, their attempts at connection? I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about this as far as how hard good looking people have to try. But did you feel that there were any real connections? And Jeff, I guess you can go first on this one. Well, I mean, I'm like all about the love and finding love. And I think that it's wonderful and it can happen. I really do believe that it could happen even on a show like this. It's possible. It can, Aww. you know, drop drop on your head like a piano. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like rooting for anyone to find love on, on a show like that. Like it, it would be great if something, if the mm -hmm. premise actually sort of proved itself to be true. But I don't think, and also in looking at like a where are they now, 
sort of thing after the fact. I looked up a couple of couple of articles and nobody's really made it past being Instagram followers with each other. So I don't think anybody's relationship has taken off, but you know, it was it was still good fun. It's hard for them to take off because a lot of them are in, live in different continents. So that that's another thing that where the whole thing was completely those zero stakes because I don't think anybody there, maybe apart from the panda, was actually looking for anything other than be on TV and have a fun time. I mean, I just just don't don't buy it. I mean, it'd be great. Obviously, obviously amazing. People find an amazing connection. But at age 24 in London in a TV show where you have a five-minute mm-hmm. date, I think people are looking for lust at best. Yeah, lust. And obviously, you know, they, they had to audition to be part of the cast. So I think they knew what they were getting into. But I agree with Jeff. You know, it would have been nice if, if people had found true connection and chemistry and, and if we knew that they were still together. But yes, I also, I think Jeff and I looked at the same Esquire article where it was like, oh, where are they now? Or are they still together? And I think the one that had the most successful was actually the Panda Girl. She had such a graceful, sweet message where they did try to make it work, but they're like best friends now and they still talk every day. But, it, you know, but to Jeff's point it, and to your point, Matt, it, that's correct. I mean, they're continent apart and it's very difficult when you're that young trying to have like a long distance relationship with someone across the pond. So well, wasn't Panda Girl trying to confirm a tarot reading? Oh, yeah. Um, was she, yes, that, was she, she the was. one or was that the dolphin? I can't no, remember. I think that was a panda. I think it was, it was a, panda was a panda girl. Panda girl. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, carousel. That was her name. Yeah, yeah. Which every time she said her name, I kept thinking of like a like a carousel at a carnival. <laughs> not not like a. It was so interesting. But as far as you know, I, we go through the show. We look at each person's background, and obviously, some of these contestants had more dynamic personalities than others. I think we could tell who in the real world might have had to try less or try harder because there were definitely some more extroverted versus introverted types. So, I mean, for you guys, were you rooting for anyone in particular or when they were unveiled, were you surprised and happy that you were rooting for them? So, Matt, curious if you were you had any particular fave? I mean... I thought the panda was was just a great character. Uh, between the costume and and her personality, it was just good fun. And I think she was, you know, I think she's going to describe herself as a bit of a psychopath. And I love the kind of mm-hmm. honesty of her whole shtick. I was kind of rooting for her, I guess. And I think she'd make a good couple with the beaver because the beaver was hilarious as well. <laughs> the cocky beaver was was he was a character. I did I did find him kind of fun because those were the only two. I think that were really being themselves. You know, the beaver was talking about he wanted to check out the asses. He wasn't being like, oh, you know, blah, blah, trying to be all conceptual about it. And she was going, oh, I don't want to get married. So those two to meet together, maybe there's something. Yeah, maybe. And the beaver was the one who at the end, he took his jacket off and we're like, oh, he's going to give it to the girl. And then he like just said, look at me. Throws it on Amazing. The <laughs> Amazing. I was so confused. <laughs> no, yeah. he, he said, um, you, oh, Jeff, you've, you've yeah. earned seeing my muscles through my shirt or something. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, like, are you serious, dude? So, I don't know. Jeff, did you find yourself rooting for any particular candidate? Um, I don't know. I, I guess the dolphin <laughs> girl was the female character I, I was maybe rooting for. Like you could Nina. sort of loosely say Nina I was rooting for. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. For the guys, who was the baboon? Or the was he a mandrill? What was that? The mandrill? Oh, Bennett? The first one. They went to the carnival, right? The amusement park. That dude? The one the one who made out. Yeah, which was awkward. Didn't he? He was the guy <laughs> that came out with the long hair at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that guy. And I, I thought he was... he was wearing eye makeup, too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I know. It did look like that. <laughs> but I thought he was sort of, you know, he was he was as authentic as you can be at 23 or whatever. And, True. you know, he, he seemed pretty well, genuine. Yeah. He was pretty goofy looking. At. I, was, yeah. I thought it was fun. That it was sweet that the girl was into him because I thought, oh, wow, that's a... That's not a great reveal, but the guy's kind of goofy looking, but she was all into it. So. I thought he was cute. I mean, at first you're like, oh, my God, look at all that hair. But then yeah. you're like, yeah, he had a lovely smile and I liked his personality because he was fun. And he was from California. You could totally hear it in his whole personality. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I, I don't know who. Who are my you rooting faves, for? I agree. Personality-wise, obviously, the panda was the most entertaining. And I loved how she just knew what she wanted. She was like, I want to have a baby today. So that was really, that was a lot of fun to see because, you know, women at that age are so confused and unsure. And so that was nice to see some, like, somebody who's so, like, clear about what they want. And, you know, yeah, I agree with Jeff, though. Another one of my faves was the dolphin. I felt myself really rooting for her because she was so soft-spoken. Yeah. And I feel like the mask gave her a chance to connect with somebody at that real, you know, like, the conversational level. And I feel like in real life, maybe she's a bit more introverted. You could kind of see that in her whole body language and personality and when they went to the bowling alley and she's like, I think it'd be really crazy to do this. And it was just like, not that crazy. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that she was really, really sweet. So that's why I, I felt like I was rooting for her in general. I mean, that, I don't know if you guys had any other surprises, a surprise unveilings Did anything else before we get into our faves and hangups Did anything else surprise you as far as, you know, the show or, Unmasking. I thought it was interesting that in general, and I think up until the last one, when when a guy was given an opportunity to let somebody go, if the woman was wearing, I, I wrote this down in the notes, that if a woman was wearing any kind of like humanoid type of makeup, <laughs> like an old lady or that uh, the one that was a zombie or whatever she was, where her jaw was sticking out of the side of her face, you know, they, they let him go. They couldn't get past the ugly makeup anyway. <laughs> <laughs> True. They, Cute the animals beat like ugly, yeah. ugly humanoids. But at the very end, That's actually, a great point. Yeah, great the, point. the girl that was dressed up as a witch had dropped that she was a model. So yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. why her makeup may maybe have made it through. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Just a guess. Right, right, right. But that Good is catch. fascinating. I mean, not all the makeup was cute, right? No. You had like a mantis. And but the sort of more like fantasy animal type of makeup mm -hmm. that 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 seemed to make it through to the next round a little more easily than than the, the sort of like gross humanoid looking kind of stuff so that's what you'd go for <laughs> if you if you go on the show you go no no you're not turning me to a zombie i'm uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be a dolphin right yeah. i would absolutely want to be completely concealed because then that's more fun right yeah. and i felt the same way about the hair too because in a way i felt that was unfair I don't know if it was unfair for the dater or unfair for the datee, but 
I just thought, well, if everybody's going to have their hair and everything covered, then, you know, it should be universal. Anyway, so I know that this was my pick. And so um, both of you, the show, you met with resistance. But there has to be a favorite part of this show for both of you. So, Matt, did you have any faves? What was your favorite thing about Sexy Beats? I think the things I enjoyed is is pretty obvious. I mean, I thought the reviews were fun. I thought the commentary was obviously you know, kind of weird at times, but pretty fun as well. There were some great puns as a tabloid journalist at heart. I love those puns and the ass. And obviously here at Stream It or Leave It, we're fans of assonance. So uh, all those puns worked really well for me. <laughs> the length was useful, you know, but even at 20 minutes, it felt long. It maybe could have made 10 minute things, you know, you could watch here and there. But yeah, that, that, that I guess those would be my favorites. Yes, uh, for our listening audience, we all know Matt has a an aversion to anything longer than two hours in length. And so <laughs> the selling point of this was that each episode was roughly 20, 20 minutes. Brevity. Jeff, faves? Favorites? Yeah, the reveals were interesting just for the contrast between what did the person actually look like underneath the mask. And then, of course, I did love Rob Delaney's voiceover i hear i hear that that it it seemed a bit restrained i've never watched any of his stand-up comedy and i didn't see deadpool yet so that's still on the list but yeah i'd imagine yeah it's restrained yeah so there's probably a lot of restraint with the with his you know commentary but mm-hmm. i thought that's what gave it sort of the wipeout show feel to me you know which i which i love about wipeout Yeah, exactly. Just the host making fun of the contestants. I love that. And I love Rob Delaney. That's true. I mean, one of my faves was the hosting. And I've read different things about it. People found it annoying. People found it too much. But I felt that it was balanced just right. And I'm a fan of his. I watched Catastrophe. And that's the show where he plays the American expat husband of Sharon Horgan, who's like a huge force in the comedy world. And I love it. They're just it's a great show. I think it's on Amazon Prime and for anyone who hasn't seen that. But interestingly enough, Catastrophe is about the same thing where it's like a couple that doesn't expect to be together then is together and he moves across or he's already in the UK and so they start a family together so but that's when I was introduced to him and he is he's super funny in that show definitely one of my favorite things about the show I agree with you both I stuck with it for the unmasking (laughs) I felt like that's the only thing that was really you know keeping it moving the banter was fun but obviously nothing profound there they were cute. It was fun to watch them flirt, like two strange animals flirt and then get unmasked. So that was probably the my favorite. It was like an abomination of Mutual of Omaha's, you know, nature theater or something. <laughs> it was just like a lot of fun. And also, I have to give it to the creators because... It was the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, but the other thing is I love watching things that I've never seen before. And so this is definitely something that's just something different. And it yeah, was nice to it. see. And also, you know, everybody needs to have that brainless kind of television that requires absolutely no thought whatsoever. And it's just fun to get a laugh. And if it makes me laugh, do we, then... Do we really? <laughs> but you, you got to laugh out of it. Come on. So, you know, on that note, what were your hangups, Matt? Uh, I mean, apart from the general awfulness of it, it's uh, th- <laughs> those bits of them 
to the camera where they're dressed up and they're throwing poses and shapes with the lights. That was just so creepy. <laughs> that was creepy as fuck. And credit to them, at least they made me feel something. I wasn't expecting to, to find something that extreme. If you're going to be creepy, you might as well go all the way. And, you know, particularly the dusting off of the shoulders, that just, it was just so creepy. I mean, all those, that, that, was I the only one who was completely creeped out by the, those bits? Well, I think to comment on that, I think not everybody knows what to do in those situations. And if you've been the talent for something like that, then typically you've got a choreographer who's or like a producer or director on set who's instructing you to do those kinds of things or giving you those moves. Because, yes, even though they're attractive people, you can be super awkward if you've never been on camera before. So... I don't think a lot of those moves were their own, and I think they were probably choreographed. But the other thing that was interesting, which I liked, was did you notice in the editing, they told them to do the same moves so that they could compare side by side, which I thought was a good tactic because, you know, you have like the come hither, the the pointing kind of thing, which they all did. And once you see the similar things, that's why I was like, okay, there's a choreographer telling them what to do because then they could edit, put side by side the comparison pre and post mask. But you didn't so, find it creepy? Yeah. You didn't find it creepy? I mean, I, I, I'm not judging me. how good you, people are posing in front of the camera. It's just creepy as hell. <laughs> I think they Disturbing. just needed, well, I mean, did you want them to just stand there and stay, stare at the camera, like static, straight on? You know, no, they no, do this. Slice you, two more minutes of the show works for me. Well, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, the other, you know, they do this all the time, though, even if you watch sport, you know, oh. like when they're introducing athletes for the World Cup or like any sort of major championship. They now have the athletes walking up to the camera and smiling or holding a prop or something, crossing your arms or doing whatever. It's because, I don't know, I guess that's just the way it is now and, and they're choreographed. So to comment on that, I that's I don't know what why that is. Maybe we just can't be bothered to look at people who are still and staring to the camera. But I think it's also to help the people not be so awkward. Um, Jeff, hang-ups? <laughs> I just think, you know, the gimmick... For me, I watched all six episodes, and I didn't fast-forward anything. I, I honestly oh, watched wow. the show. Wow. And, you know, to me, the gimmick was was old pretty quickly. Uh, but I don't think, given the given the format and the time and really, like, the, the youth of the contestants, given all of those things, I don't think the development that I was looking for in connection could happen. <laughs> so you were searching fault. you watched every minute but you just it wasn't there yeah i don't fault the show i mean it is what it is and it's mm. good it's all in good fun and you know it was okay <laughs> absolutely i think it's all at face value i mean how much of a clear connection can you really have between like a rooster and yeah. a witch <laughs> so yeah i mean it's like uh, it was, uh, the 20 minutes it speaks it absolutely speaks to the overall nature of the show so wild card any any random other notes that you guys might want to add that we haven't talked about yet i did find a fun article about someone at slate interviewed a member of the furry community <laughs> yes yeah. yes furry vibes yeah and about their opinion about putting this out there and he was pretty pissed off he was saying yes he was saying uh you know it feels like they're using our furry thing 
but not for the right reason. So they sounded pretty pissed off about it. So I thought I was kind of, mm. you know, they thought it was exploitative of the furry community. I feel like that's an onion headline. It could have been. Furry community member speaks out against sexy beasts. Yeah. exploitation of furry community <laughs> it was for real i think unless unless i think of a joke and I, and I learned the word fursona which i didn't realize was what they referred to each other which is a, as a lover of puns that's a pretty good one but my wild card is where either of you finding yourselves attracted to the animals like going, oh that's <laughs> that's a, that's a sexy uh deer Hmm. You know what's funny is that the deer I thought was really attractive. Like as a, you know, I thought she was a good-looking deer. I know that's completely ridiculous to say. And yeah, I mean, we love the furry community, but I thought the wolf was so cute. Ibrahim, he had like that fantastic Mr. Fox vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This speaks also to the incredible prosthetics, but I loved in the mass when they talked how the mask just like moved with their face and it was so believable like i thought it was just so well done you know it, it, for i'm trying to think about what other characters that i thought were super cute i don't know jeff did you <laughs> the deer was cute the panda of course but like panda was cute a lot of that was so so much their personality the nina the dolphin was super interesting you definitely find yourself being um more magnetized i wouldn't i wouldn't call it attracted but maybe magnetized to somebody (laughs) to one person over another but but it does you know a lot of it is based on personality so yeah yeah it's the personality coming through as well it's like i remember i remember back to my single days when going to a halloween party and you see good-looking people in makeup and you're like wow i wonder and you find yourself kind of attracted to you know, a character and you believe, oh, hang on a second, I'm not seeing the person here. And then I, I actually think, you know, there was, I did have a reveal once. I did meet somebody at a, at a Halloween party where I had oh no idea. God. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty attracted. I thought I was attracted to this person and exchanged numbers. And then I met him uh, about a week later without the makeup or anything. I was like, okay, I was right. <laughs> and, um, the funny. personality came through. So, yeah. Oh, see, yeah, gosh, you're so vain. Look at you. So shallow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I'm sa- I'm saying I was happy with the, the the person and the package. Oh, you were Oh, okay, I get it. I thought it was the other we way. We had a connection. Okay, okay. Okay. Truly. Truly. Look at that. I'm so impressed <laughs> with that. We're so we can bond with people on on an uh emotional chemistry level rather than on an um, animal level. Right. <laughs> it, rather than like a vanity level. Awesome. Well, I mean, before we say stream it or leave it, I would love for you guys to say stream it or leave it, but then mention your spirit animal or not necessarily animal. Maybe it's a character. So I will go first. (laughs) I think people should stream this. So stream it. I, I loved it. I thought it was fun. If you want something that's easy to watch, fun, you'll get a laugh. Definitely stream it. And my spirit animal is probably either like a Siamese cat or like this like cheetah leopard mm-hmm. thing inspired by the scarf today. Whoops, <laughs> I just muted myself. But yeah, Matt? Uh, well, for me, I don't know. I don't think I have a spirit animal. I'm just a lover of dogs, just incredibly connected to dogs. And that's it, really. As far as the show, I mean, fair play. It is what it is. It kind of delivers on it. But it is absolute 
bullshit and uh, it absolutely <laughs> terrible and so leave it and instead stream sexy beast the, the classic british gangster film with ray winston oh and ben God. kingsley that movie is oh. a mind-blowing movie ben go. kingsley is wow. so good he's inc- exceptional the scene in the bathroom is so good the best <laughs> yeah like oh Gosh, it's such a good film. Mm, okay, maybe maybe some people will think that this this particular show is about that and not this. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up because I was going to, and it's such a good movie. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I don't yeah. think I've seen that one. Okay, Jeff, stream it or leave it. I I wouldn't. I would personally not have watched it just based on the trailer. I did look at the trailer when it came up on the feed and everything. And I'm not interested in dating shows or that kind of thing. So I probably would leave it. Oh, my spirit animal. Um, You know, uh, how about the Minotaur? (laughs) Wow, of course, of course. All right. Very fascinating. That Taurus makeup, that that water buffalo makeup just inspired (laughs) me. Fascinating. We'll have to dig deeper into that in another show. Yeah, maybe that'll come out. I don't know. Cool. So this is when we also share with everybody what else we're watching at the moment. So, Jeff, what else are you watching? Well, let's see. Jill and I went and saw Roadrunner last weekend, and that was really good. What is that? That's the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. I liked the documentary. I was talking to Matt before we started recording about it a little bit. And what I found sort of just an incongruity for me was the space, like watching that subject matter in a theater. Like I sort of thoughtlessly got an icy and popcorn. And then when the movie started, I was like, you know, this is sort of like it didn't work. You know, it just didn't work. And maybe just something fell off. Yeah. Yeah. But it was Hmm. it was a good movie, Uh, you know, documentary. Okay. cool. Anything else? Well, I've watched Mandibles, which is the French comedy that I put up for review. So maybe we'll do that one. That does look fun. Yeah. It was fun. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. All right. Matt, what else are you watching? Not so much this past week. I did watch A Glitch in the Matrix, which is this slightly buzzy documentary about how we're living in a simulation. Apparently it's a theory mm. that Elon Musk has put out there insanely saying there's a one in a billion chance we're not in a simulation, <laughs> which is just classic Elon Musk, just uh, shit stirring as we call it. You know, but I don't recommend it. It's a kind of a, it's an interesting concept, but the documentary itself, I have no idea how it's got over 70% on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and how people are actually believing it. It's very badly put together. It's just Three crazy people talking about how they think they're in the Matrix and telling really long, boring stories about that trip in Mexico where they nearly died and didn't die, but that proves that this isn't real. Um, Mm. It does have an overlap to Sexy Beast, actually, because they dress up these three guys into, uh, you know, what's it called? Augmented reality type character Mm, costumes. Uh So it does have a really interesting link. Yeah. One guy talks about how he thinks he's being controlled by somebody as part of a game. So he takes crazy decisions on purpose to keep it interesting so he doesn't get switched off. So uh, that's the kind of level that we're talking about. So yeah, leave it, but it is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
fascinating. Not too much for me this week either. Um, well, The Hunt is now streaming on HBO Max, so I caught myself watching that. The movie? Yeah, the movie, The Hunt. The lead actress was Betty Gilpin. She's the actress from Glow. And she's awesome in it. Loved her. And so it's a, another really fun movie. Very different from anything I've seen, which is a lot of fun. And also, funnily enough, when I was watching the credits, it was directed by the guy who directed Mayor of Easttown. Really? Yeah. So that was kind of a cool link there because I also watched Mayor of Easttown. So it was nice to see some of his work without knowing that it was his work. And they're completely different, right? And the pace... Everything of the of the hunt versus Mayor of Easttown is so different. So it was almost like uncomparable, but it was nice to see, you know, his his range, you know, from like movie to television series. And then the other thing I know that we're talking about in an upcoming show is White Lotus. And so I won't say anything about that yet, but that is also what I've been watching. So awesome. Yeah. Let me just say quickly, the, there is a, a move, another movie, The Hunt, which is a Danish movie with Mads Mikkelsen, yes, which is Mikkelsen. exceptional. That's the, uh, mm -hmm. definitely recommend that one on the theme of hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that movie. It's different. It's intense. Yeah. Very much. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who don't aren't familiar with that movie, look that up on IMDb because The Hunt with Betty Gilpin is very different from The Hunt with Mass Mickelson. So with that, we will leave you guys and hope to see you soon on another episode of Stream It or Leave It. Thank you guys. See you soon. Cheers. Thank you. That's our show. Are you not entertained? What did you think? Pretty, pretty good. Don't forget to subscribe and find, like, and follow us on social and on YouTube. We don't have faces for radio. Promise. You can't handle the truth. You can also find our show notes on Substack at Stream It or Leave It. See you next time. And thanks for tuning in.